Good day all, this is Caroline with your Tea and Tech podcast, a Women Asking Women network. Thank you for joining. We are here to chat and discuss how technology should work for you, not the other way around. Welcome to your weekly tech talk in the time it takes to have a cup of tea. Let's talk about what's brewing in the network today. Good day and welcome to chat number 12 in our Tea and Tech podcast. Today, we will be discussing ransomware and how it has impacted so many of us, specifically in the last two weeks. Just a reminder, we have our gadget show next week on June the 15th and another one on July 27th, so be sure to post any questions or suggestions and we will happily review them. I'll leave the link to the forum in the show notes below. What's in a name? Ransomware. Here are a couple of definitions from experienced data journalists. With ransomware, a hacker slips into a system, then puts encryption controls in place that locks users out. The hackers then demand money to unlock the data. Elizabeth Millard. Today's ransomware scammers often demand payment in Bitcoin because the digital currency is easy to use, fast, and provides a heightened anonymity for the scammers, according to the FBI. Susan Tomper. The landscape of the digital world changed dramatically in 2013 with the introduction of ransomware technology. To watch the news these days, you do feel the perpetrators have more control over us than we ever expected. When ransomware first came out, we would all hear of cellular devices being bricked or individual computers locked out until a fee or ransom was paid. Back then, it was usually a couple of thousands of dollars. But look at where we are literally today, with major industries such as gas pipelines and meat supply chains being affected in just the last four weeks. The two cases I refer to are the Colonial Pipeline and JBS Meats. The hack of the Colonial Pipeline a month ago shut down the plant, which incidentally controls 45% of the fuel on the eastern U.S. seaboard. This of course led to a large-scale panic in the gasoline buying, along with many gas stations being closed for more than a couple of days. The JBS meat plant, a couple of weeks later, is the largest plant of its kind in the world. Both these ransomware attacks came at considerable cost, not only financially, but through the major supply chain disruptions. The goal of the hackers is to put these large corporations in such a place that they will pay the millions requested in ransom to release the systems back. Colonial Pipeline paid the darknet hackers, suspected of having a Russian origin, the equivalent of 4.4 million Bitcoin a lot of which, just hours before this podcast aired, was transactionally traced by the FBI and recovered this morning. One of the offshoots of this was many phishing attacks sent to other company emails under the guise and the heading of Help Desk, asking the user to click on the link to avoid having the same ransomware done to their company. Of course, the issue is that that was exactly what was being enabled when you clicked the link. It's exhausting to try and maintain such a high level of vigilance in any organization. You have to be correct 100% of the time, whereas the hacker only needs a one-off to set a chain of events in motion that creates a consumer frenzy due to the race for the resource. The same type of hacking event transpired at JBS Meets at the end of May, 
and CNBC Business News noted that due to the hack, the plant was down 22% in cattle production and 19.6% in pork production globally. While JBS managed to get their services online relatively quickly in many of the countries, the rumors of price escalation due to the hack had markets and industry experts in a tizzy for more than 48 hours. Due to the wide reach these two consumer services have, we see how such attacks are consequential to our societies and how much work it is to lock out foreign actors. In the United States, President Biden's Department of Justice going forward will now be treating all investigations of such attacks as terrorism. One expert in the field of cybersecurity is Michelle Johnson-Cobb. In the past, she has discussed several solutions towards integrating security controls and their databases, threat assessments, and the sharing of sensitive classified threat information from countries around the world. Michelle notes that there are three things to keep in mind while shoring up organizational risks. From her interview with Dark Reading on Vimeo, she cites the following. One, be able to audit your security controls and understand what they're doing. Two, do an end-to-end -end analysis looking for open access passes from a physical environment to a cloud-based solution and ensure that information cannot leave the organization on the way through. And three, engage in vulnerability management. An example, looking for patch management and change management protocols. That will greatly reduce risks. On the topic of employment in the field, Michelle raises an excellent point that I will second here. Today, there is a gap of over 1 million jobs in the United States in the field of cybersecurity. A statistic from a couple of years ago show that 58% of women in the field have advanced computer science and engineering degrees, compared with 47% of men. But somewhere between graduating and getting on the career path, women are turning away or being turned away from cybersecurity. On a personal note, and as one of the only women in the majority of my meetings, I will say that this is critically important to have widely diverse teams to discuss security from all possible angles. As one of my heroes, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said, women belong in all places where decisions are being made. Cybersecurity jobs are on the rise and it is of critical importance to promote and recruit women into a field that will only grow in importance in the years. Personally, I've built my company into two tiers this year, a client consultative arm and the education arm from which this podcast was born. We have much work to do to encourage female youth in the field of STEM. I hope that if you are listening and know of any young women that are interested, you help them further and hopefully they will be part of the growing workforce required in the oncoming years. That's all for today. Remember next week, we are reviewing gadgets and a few things that will just be helpful to your peace of mind, whether you're designing flawless networks or enjoying a cup of tea. This is a Spicy Pear Media production. We would be grateful if you subscribe to our podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Tea and Tech and on our website at www.spicypearmedia.com. I'm looking forward to our next chat, and remember, technology is supposed to work for you, not the other way around. Mm -hmm.